you're not already standing, why don't you stand if you're able. Let's lift our voice in prayer this morning. Can you join me? Let's pray together. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes. I pray, Lord, for every person in this room today, that you'd open their eyes. They'd see things they've never seen. Or they'd see what you're doing and what you're working in their life. Miracles that you're working and bringing to pass. Provision that's already there. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you'll begin to open their eyes, their understanding. Lord, give us new insights today, new revelation of your goodness, of your mercies, of your compassions. Take us deeper into your joy, into your peace, Lord. Jesus. Lord, I pray for family members this morning that are away from you. Children, sons, daughters, cousins, nieces, nephews. Come on, if you have a family member that's away from the Lord, you and your household shall be saved. I want you to agree with me. Jesus, we thank you for their salvation has come near. The day of their redemption has come near. The day of their redemption's come near. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of their redemption. We thank you, Lord, that you're wooing and drawing, compelling them in. That the Spirit of God that convicted us and has redeemed us is pursuing them, convicting them changing them, sanctifying them. Thank you, Lord, that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that liberated us, is liberating them, working in them. Right now, Lord, right now, Lord, they'll leave that bar. They'll leave that bar right now. They'll leave that gambling table right now. They'll leave that addiction right now. Drugs are broken right now. Addiction broken right now in Jesus' name. And so be it, Lord. So be it, Lord. The things that have been spoken, the truth that's been said, now penetrates their heart. Now penetrates their heart. The reality of the glory of God is upon them right now. We thank you, Lord. The reality of the glory of the Lord is upon them right now. The reality of who you are is upon them right now. The reality of their eternity is upon them right now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So be it. Hallelujah. Come on. Give Jesus praise while you're seated. That's Just thank Him because it's done. Hallelujah. I want to start a series this morning with you called The Fullness of Faith. Hallelujah. And if you, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I'm going to invite you this morning. You know, you may feel like you're here this morning and you're an expert on faith, that you know it all on faith. So I'm, I'm just going to invite you to go on a journey of deepening your faith. If you feel like you've got it all figured out, well, then the Lord bless you. But uh, I'm going to invite you to go on a journey of expanding your faith over the next few weeks. I'm going to dare you 
I just want, can I do that? Can I just dare you to expand your faith over the next few weeks? I believe that the Lord wants to do incredible things in your life, through your life. Well, I'm thankful there's five of you that hear me. God wants to do incredible things in and through your life. And the only way to engage with those things is by faith. The only way. If, if you were able to touch it and to see it and to make it happen in your own strength and you were able to see those things come to pass in your life, then it would be of your own doing, your own works, your own power. Come on now. But, but because you can't see it, because it is unseen, it doesn't mean that it's not real, you just can't see it. Because you can't see the transformation that needs to happen. Because you can't see right now in your bank account the dollars that you need to do what God's called you to do. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. I, I'm speaking to myself. I don't know. I don't know if there's anyone else. There, there are things I'm believing the Lord for that He's spoken, that He's already beginning to open the doors for, and there's things that I need from Him in order to finish it. But He's not going to just say, "Here's the open door. Here's the opportunity. Here's what I'm speaking to you," and not provide and not open up what needs to be opened up. So we know that they're open. We know those things are opening. God is providing and so by faith we see those things. The other thing that has been stirring in my heart as pastor is I look I look at a congregation, I look at people who love the Lord, who love Jesus and and I I I get the privilege of sharing the word of God every week with you. You know, it's this is a it is an honor, it is a privilege. It is an honor to preach the Word of God. It's an honor to tell you freely. You know, we live in a country where, uh, thankfully, you know, they're trying to put restrictions on it, but it ain't going to happen. There's, <laughs> there's, there, there's coming a day where we know that the Antichrist, we know all that, but for now, we're free. And I'm thankful that I can freely preach. I've been in countries where I can't do this. So I'm thankful for the, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't say I can't, I do. <laughs> I could be arrested, but I still do it. Uh, and so I love this. And, and I look at people week after week, some of you who continue on in loving the Lord, but don't have breakthrough yet. You still walk in the same bondage and the same struggle that you walked in 10 years ago. Your family's, your family's still struggling. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Your family's still struggling. Your health is still struggling. Your, your, your call of God on your life, you haven't embra- you haven't, you've acknowledged it, but you're not living it. Am I talking to anybody this morning? God's, he's, I believe that. There, there are those here this morning that the Lord has spoken to you. He's called you. He's, he's placed His hand on your life. Uh, he's, he's designed, He's equipped you. The Bible tells us that you are His masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. There are things that God wants to do in and through your life. There are realities of His nature and His goodness that He wants you to experience so that you can tell the world, tell others about it. There's, there's, a, there's a story that God has created. He's written it. And, and you haven't embraced it yet. You're not walking in it yet. You have a mental ascent that you know that it's there, but it's still a struggle. 
you're still struggling over this thing. Maybe it's a fear, maybe it's a lie that you've whatever it is, but you still are not walking in what God's called you to do. Or maybe your family, you know, you're here this morning and your family's just a wreck. Can I just be real? Your family's a wreck. Your kids are a mess. You're, you got thing, you're in turmoil. Whatever the case is, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just speaking truth this morning. Can we just be real? All three of you agree. Hallelujah. And so the, the, the difference, what makes the difference is the word faith. What makes the difference is the word faith. If you wake up every day and you're still struggling with the same demon, the same issue, every day of your life, you are not walking in faith that God's called you to live and walk in. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. God doesn't want you waking up dealing with the same devil every day. If you're, if you're dealing with the same devil every day of your life, then something's wrong. If you're waking up dealing with the same addiction every day, something's wrong. That's not the life you've been called to live. Jesus didn't go to the cross for you to stay broken, busted, disgusted, beaten up, drugged down, feeling defeated every day. Well, I'm going to preach to myself. Hallelujah. So my hope for you, my, I, my hope for you, and I know this is going to happen. I, this is, there is no question in my mind. I have faith that this is going to happen. Okay, so I'm going to demonstrate my faith to you this morning, and I'm going to tell you that I know this is going to happen. Just as sure as I'm standing here, over the next four or five weeks, your family is going to be absolutely radically transformed. Your life is going to be absolutely radically transformed. And I am not just saying, I'm not just trying to puff you up and this isn't wishful thinking. There's a difference. I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you what I know by faith. This isn't wishful thinking or ideas. I'm telling you what I know, that change is coming. Tell somebody next to you, change is coming. Woo, I felt that. I felt that. Somebody here this morning, I, there, was, there was a release of faith this morning. Just as you said that, there was something that just shifted. Something just shifted in your heart this morning. Just as you said that, you released in faith something. There was a seed that was sown just that quick, just that easy. <laughs> I felt it. Goodness, I felt that. <laughs> so your eyes are going to see things you haven't seen before. You're going to hear things. Some of you are going to go to bed at night and you're going to lay there on the bed and you're going to think somebody's in your house because you hear something. But it's not someone, it's not someone in your house. The Holy Spirit's trying to speak to you. You're going to be laying on your bed and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. He's getting your attention. He's tuning in your ears. Samuel was laying on his bed. I don't know who this is for, but Samuel was laying on his bed and he heard the voice of the Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Here I am. Speak to me. He wasn't asleep. It wasn't a dream. He was just laying there. Sometimes we just got to lay down and quiet ourselves and we start hearing things. The Lord's going to say, yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to take the next few weeks and I'm going to teach and preach and prophesy on this. And we'll just see where it goes. How's that? 
<laughs> so you can go to Hebrews chapter 10, chapter 11. Just stick your finger in between the two. We'll, we're going to jump around through Scripture today. We are a teacup. He is the ocean. There are immense capacities of God that we've yet to experience. Can you imagine taking just the little teacup and tossing it out into the ocean waves? That's, that's what the Lord wants to do in your life. Just take you and throw you out into the vastness of who He is. Are you willing to let go of what you know and what you're comfortable with and your own logic and your own reasoning and what you see in the natural? You know, I think sometimes our hardest, our hardest struggle with faith, it's not that people have manipulated and, and contorted the doctrine of faith. It's not that, because we know that there, there's, ever, there's not a doctrine under the sun people haven't done that with. It's not that we have a it's not that we have an issue with faith. It's not, you know, it's not because it's intangible, you know, it's something that seems abstract to us. I think our greatest issue with understanding faith is that we don't want to let go of control. It's the unknown. It's the it is the world of the unseen. And we we operate in the world of the seen. We operate in the world of the natural. And one of the greatest hindrances, I believe, of getting out of that and into faith is that we have to be willing to let go of what we see. It doesn't mean that it's not real. It doesn't mean that when you go to the doctor and you get a cancer diagnosis, that that's not real. It's very real. The, the diagnosis is real. The issue, the health issue is real. The financial problem, you can't, you can't go... You know, look at your bank account and it's in the red and you go up to, to Walmart and slide that card and expect that you're going to buy something. You can say all day long, by faith, I have money in my bank account. I got news for you. You ain't got no money in your bank account. And they ain't going to accept that debit card. I wish sometimes that organizations would take a debit card by faith. Would you? I need ten thousand dollars. Just let me. Just by faith, will you do this? It's not how it works. Everybody said Amen. We know that. And so our our issue is that we have to get past what we see in the natural to see what's happening in the supernatural. And that means we have to let go of some things. We have to be the teacup in the master's hand that's willing to be tossed out into the ocean depths. But Jesus said that the weight of a grain of mustard seed, just the size of the mustard seed of faith, would do more than a ton of will or a mind full of determination. What you could do with just a mustard seed of faith, you could have all of the determination and willpower in the world and not accomplish it. We see that in church. All, I see it every week. People have, have, a, have willpower and desire to accomplish great things, and they never engage with it. They never do it. I've seen people who say they're called to ministry, to full-time ministry, 
They say they're called to pastor. They say they're called to be a missionary. They say they're called to be an evangelist. And they have great desires and great ideas, great willpower. They might even get started in Bible college or MIT and ministers in training or programs like that. But they never, ever fulfill what God's called them to do because they're not walking by faith. They're walking by what they feel and see and sense in the natural. Daddy told you you were a failure, and so you're always a failure. You've learned somewhere along the way that you can never do it. or never, And, and whatever the lie, whatever the fear, whatever the issue is. And so you try and you try with all the willpower and all the determination to break through, and you can't. And let me tell you, you won't. Because it takes, it requires faith. It requires faith to live and to receive all that God has for you. But it doesn't require much faith. It doesn't require a a, a gallon of faith or a ton of faith or a truckload of faith. Jesus said just a mustard seed will do. Faith is not just believing that something can happen. Even the devil believes Even the the devils believe it's not believing that something can happen. There is a distinct difference between believing that God can heal and having faith that He's the healer. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? There's a difference between believing that God can bring victory and breakthrough in your life and actually having faith that victory and breakthrough are just as real for you in that moment as the ground you're standing on. It's a different reality than just belief. Faith cannot be manufactured. I can't, I can't work enough to work up faith. You know, a lot of people say, well, if you don't have faith, just do something. Well, you can't, you're not going to manufacture. Faith comes from God. Faith is the, God imparts faith into you and our, our heart. I, I can believe that the sun's going to come up tomorrow. I can love that the sun is coming up tomorrow. Hallelujah. The sun needs to come up every day around here. I can, I can, I can love that the sun comes up tomorrow. There was, there was a few days I was wondering if we were going to see the summer sun. But only God can send the summer sun. Only God can raise the sun. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, looking unto Jesus, who is what the author and the finisher, that word finisher, he's the perfecter of our faith. He's the author. He's the one who begins and writes faith into your heart. And he's the one who perfects it. He's the one that places it in you. God doesn't ask us Just giving you some thoughts about faith here. God doesn't ask you and I to do the impossible. He says, will you have faith for the impossible? It's his job to do the impossible. It's his job when your bank account says you don't have the money or when your health report says you're, you're sick and dying, when, when the, uh, real, the reality of your family situation is pretty dismal. Faith says, with God all things are possible. 
In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, if you believe, if you have faith, the word belief there, if you have faith, all things are possible. All things are possible. Tell somebody next to you, all things are possible. All things are possible to him who has, or her who has faith. If you have faith, God is the worker of the impossible. God is the worker. He, all he asks you to do is just fill the water pots. You don't have to change the water to wine. Just take those water pots and fill them up with water. And at his command, you just have to obey the command. Just, just so, Heather was talking about it, just sow your tithe. Just get your seed in the ground. You don't have to make multiplication happen. You, you take the seed, that tiny apple seed, you don't have to make that apple seed grow into a tree. You don't have to make it multiply into, into fruitfulness. You just got to put the seed in the ground. You just have to be obedient. You just have to be a steward of what you have. You say, well, I don't have much. That's okay. It just takes a little. You just start with where you're at. It might be a dollar. It might be a penny. It might just be a little bit of oil. It might just be a little bit of water. It's just, it might just, you might have absolutely, you feel like nothing. But just grab hold of the master's garment. Just grab hold of his garment and know by faith I'll be made whole. If I can just touch him, if I can just get a hold of him. It doesn't require much to see the impossible happen. All he's looking for is will you step into this world of faith? You know, it's kind of like the, the, the Chronicles of Narnia. Are you, are you willing to leave the house and go into the wardrobe? Are you willing to leave the, the baseball game outside, the fun kids' activities outside, and are you willing to come into a life behind the veil? Are you willing to live a life behind the veil? Are you willing to get into the wardrobe of His presence and press in behind the winter coats and get it and all of a sudden enter into a whole other world of possibilities that's a life of faith that's a life of faith of being able to say lord i'm trusting you for the miraculous it's not that what i currently see isn't real the health report the family situation the finances but what i'm going to do is i'm going to fill the water pots what i'm going to do is i'm going to reach out and grab a hold of your garment what i'm going to do is i'm going to bring my demon possessed child and lay him at your feet what i'm going to do is I, i'm going to bring the suffering and the dying servant to you if you'll just speak the word i know you'll be made whole i'm going to bring my lack my brokenness i i'm going to bring the prayer I'm going to, whatever it takes, Lord, whatever it takes, because I know it's real. You've spoken. You've said it. There's an assurance in your heart. In Hebrews chapter 11, y'all ready for this? Well, a few of you are. Let me, let me keep going for those who aren't. What's it going to take for you to live in the breakthrough that God intends for you to live in? Can I just speak as pastor to someone this morning? Because I, I do feel in my heart there are those here this morning. You're just saying, yes, I hear you. I've heard the stories. 
Yes, I know you have a head knowledge. God wants your family to be victorious. But pastor, you don't know how bad it is. I've heard that so much. You know, you don't really know. It doesn't, I know to you it matters how bad it is. I know to you that it's a, it's a situation, it's a problem that you're facing. And it's very real. But I want to invite you this morning, if you'll just trust the Lord, if you'll look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of your faith, there's nothing special that you have to do to change that situation this morning except to look to Jesus. There's nothing special that, you know, there, there are people who will teach and maybe you have a perception on faith this morning that you've got to rub the magic lamp enough times. And I'm not talking about, you know, we, we come up with our Christianese rub the genie lamp ways, Right? Where we say, well, we've got to say the right words enough. We can't say this enough. We've got to do this, and we've got to sing this, and we've got to say, and I've got to put a picture of this, and I've got to do this. Listen, all of that garbage of you've got to say the right stuff and dance the right dance and clap the right clap and whatever, 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 that is nothing more than works. It's nothing more than trying to put you in bondage. I've watched so many precious, precious Christians who love the Lord get so ensnared by. I can't, if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to break the promise of God. If I say the wrong thing, I'm going to step outside of the realm of God's possibilities here. Can I tell you that He is faithful even when you're not that it is a journey with Christ and you're going to you're going to blow it you're going to you're going to be believing for that son or the daughter that family situation i don't know who i'm talking to this morning i'm just i'm, I'm i hope i'm i'm hope you can see my pastor's heart this morning i want you to walk in victory and, and part of walking in victory is getting out of the bondage of what some other Christian has put you in. And I'm going I'm to give you Bible. I'm going to show you in the scripture. But I, I want you to hear me. You're believing God for that son or that daughter, that situation. And you're saying, I, you know, and I, I get life and death is in the power of the tongue. I understand that. How can blessing and cursing come out of the same fountain? It should not be. I understand that. And we're going to do our absolute best in walking with Jesus and walking in the Spirit to speak life and to say, say life, to speak life over a situation and not death. But there's going to come a moment where you get frustrated or you need to acknowledge the reality of what it is that you're facing. You know, there used to be this thing where, and it still circles around every once in a while, if you're sick in church, you can't acknowledge it. You can't acknowledge that you're sick. You can't even, you, I don't even say you're, you know, you got a cold. Don't say, because you're speaking death over yourself. And then the next thing you know, we got to do enough Hail Marys to, to make it through the day. I'm serious. There's no difference. 
There's no difference. There's no difference. It's bondage. So you recognize it for what it is. Yeah. I got a cold. Yeah, I'm not feeling well. I'm tired. But the Lord says that he's my strength. God says he's my healer. I know I'm being healed right now in this moment. Faith says I'm healed. This is what's happening in the natural, but faith says I'm healed. I'm delivered. Do you know that Jesus still acknowledged when the demons were demonizing, when the sick were sickenizing. When the disciples were being disciples. <laughs> he even said, you of little faith. Well, Jesus, you just spoke death over them. You just said they had little faith. How you just did, you know, you just, right? Jesus is still acknowledged reality. But he didn't stop there. He acknowledged the present reality and acknowledge the spiritual reality behind the present reality. What was happening in the moment. So I hope for those of you today that you find yourself in a situation where you say it's difficult. That your eyes will be opened. And even though you might say it's difficult in the moment. Faith. Just a mustard seed. Just a little you'll catch what the Lord is saying. Fill up the water jars. It's not much. Fill up the water jars. Stretch out your hand. Just a little bit. Just at the command of the Lord. What is the command of the Lord over your life? Over that situation? What's He speaking? What's He saying? What possibility is happening for you that you don't see, that you haven't seen with the natural eyes? What element of the nature of God is He working in and through your life that you haven't yet tasted, you haven't re yet recognized? Maybe it's His joy. Maybe you've watched other people laugh in the presence of the Lord, and you stand there and you think, Lord, I'm, I need that. Why can't I find your joy? Maybe like Nick, it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and you, or, or even you know, Don said the same thing, where you've, you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed, and you were expecting this, that, or the other thing to happen, and all it took was turning off all the other faucets turning off all the distractions and just saying, Jesus, you're all I need. Just relaxing. That's faith. And saying, he's the baptizer. He's the joy giver. He's the healer. And just knowing it, not just a belief that he is, but knowing it because of faith. A conviction, a reality. Let me give you a story about this. There was a, it wasn't that long ago, even here in service, I'll never forget. I can give you a lot of stories. One of the stories is we, I just, I knew by faith the Lord wanted to heal everyone in the room with knee problems. I just knew it. 
I just, I knew that anyone with knee problems was going to be healed by faith. I said, if you have a knee problem, I don't care what it is, come down. And we had a whole line of people up front. And every, I mean, I, I could have said X, Y, Z. I mean, it didn't matter. The, there were the presence of the Lord was, was there to heal knees. Jesus was moved in that moment with compassion to heal knees. Just who he is. And so he walked through. I didn't walk through. Jesus walked through and touched every knee. And every knee was healed. There have been times where I've come into services thinking, Lord, we need an X number of dollars in the offering this week. No one know. Haven't talked about it. Haven't said anything. Just knowing the church finances. Lord, we need X number of dollars this week. Just preach the same old offering teaching. Do, the, do what we do and trust the Lord. And just know the Lord's going to provide. When we started the Jericho campaign, there's been offering. I mean, time and time again, where I just knew financially the Lord was going to take care of it. In our, in our personal life, I just knew the Lord was going to give the money. I didn't know how. It wasn't my job to figure it out. I just knew. By faith. And I've watched time and time and time and time and time and time again. By faith. God wants you to tune in by faith. If you are struggling, I said it earlier, with the same demon every day, that's not faith. That's called defeat. That's called bondage. Faith says, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what the word says. And when faith sees that, I am a conqueror. There ain't no devil in hell who can stop you. You wake up in the morning and they try to slow you down. What is it? Would you? Goodbye. I'm going. I'm going to go about my day. Thank you, Lord. And by the way, that's a lifestyle. You've, you've created, I don't know who I'm talking to. Again, I, I'm going to dance between teaching, preaching, and prophesying here over the next few weeks. I, I don't know who I'm talking to, but you've, you've lived a life where you've, create, you've created, hear me, you've created a lifestyle of depression. You've created a lifestyle of brokenness. You've created a lifestyle of being in bondage. You've created a lifestyle for your family to be a wreck. Come on, don't shout me down. I'm telling you the truth this morning. You can't blame God for your family drama. Do not blame God for your mama and daddy drama. You have to take ownership. You've created a lifestyle. You're, it's okay. Don't get mad. Buy glad. You'll be happy. You're, you're, if you've spent every day of your life more aware of defeat, discouragement, depression, demons, whatever, fill in the gap, guess what you're going to have? You're more aware of that world that you're living in than the world of faith. So if you're going to create a lifestyle of faith, 
You can't say, well, I'm going to go home and plug in the formula that pastor's just given me in service, and the rest of my life, every day, is going to look different. Now, I'll tell you that the, the moment you go home and do this, and you, live, you start living this lifestyle, you, initially you might have some, some breakthrough. You might, have some, you might see some change. And then the very next thing you're going to see is that ugliness that's underneath the surface that you've been living in is going to start rising up. Have you ever, have you ever made a decision to, I'm going to live full on for Jesus. Hallelujah. And you start the journey, and the you at church you feel like you're on top of the world, and then you get home, and every devil that you've made room for starts manifesting. So let me help you. The reason that happens is because you've said, I'm going to live by faith. And so because you're making that determination, you got to deal with the devils that are still at your house. You can come here and find freedom. But I promise you, the devils are still out there when you get home. Just because you make a decision to live by faith doesn't mean that they disappear. But when, when, here's what happens. When you make a decision to live by faith, you begin to see things differently. You get home and you see that devil and say, No, 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 devil. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I ain't got no room for devils in my house. We're going to go through and anoint every room with oil. We're going to pray over every bed. We're going to put a prayer. You don't want me touching your bed? Then you can get out of my house. But I'm going to pray over your bed. I'm going to put a prayer cloth in your pillow. You're going to know that you know that you know that the presence of the Lord is in this house. This is His home. Not yours. This is His. Some of you say, you can do that? You better do that. Somebody is. If you have a kid, I don't know, I, I'm just dancing. Lord Jesus, where are you taking me? You got a kid in your house that is rebellious and causing trouble. You have a, listen to me. Listen to your pastor. You have authority over your home. And you say, well... You don't know what's going on. Listen, you may have abdicated your authority at some point. It's time to take it back. Is this on? I said it's time to take it back. If you feel like you gave up authority to your child or some whatever mess, five years ago, two years ago, whatever, take it back. You have authority. As for you and your house, we will serve the Lord. Anoint the house with oil. Anoint the beds with oil. You start casting out those devils. You see the devil manifest. You better tell him where he needs to go. Don't let him stay. You see that devil manifest in your house. you you got to deal with it. By faith, you have greater is he on the inside of you than that devil in your home. Get down. And listen, it might be your husband. That's okay. You need to deal with it. It's okay. It's okay.
You just, you might need to do a sneak attack. You just pray over that pillowcase. By faith, this pillowcase is laced with the fire of heaven. It is going to melt every controlling spirit, every demonic work, every bondage off. And, and don't wash the pillowcase. Let him sleep in his mess and let the fire of God burn. I'm, you think I'm crazy. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. If your kids, when, I don't know if we, okay, I was like, I don't know that we've said this publicly. Now that I'm, now that I'm starting to say this, I'm like, have you ever done that where you start to say something, you're like, hold on to that thought. You need to speak peace. Shh, don't say that. You got to ask mama for permission to say that. <laughs> I, I'll give you an example. Some of you know this. I'll give you an example from our personal life. In February, I was in New Orleans doing Mardi Gras saturations of Vic, saturation services of victory. On Mon, on before I left town, um, on the. Thursday, Friday, whatever, Sunday, whatever it was before, Friday night before, Zoe was at dance, and she loves, she does acro and all the things, and while she was at dance, her teacher wanted her to do a, a particular move, and she couldn't do it, which was unusual for Zoe, and she was, it actually caused her a lot of pain, and so um, I told her, I said, well, you know, you just need to go, at some point, you know, we were talking, I just said, well, you need to go to the chiropractor and, and uh, get it get it checked out and just see what's happening, you know, she was nervous that, you know, he was going to want to do an adjustment and whatever that was going to look like, and I said, well, you just go and just see, see what it is, and then mom was out of town, mom came back, you know, and Heather said, hey, we're going to go and just see what it is, and so she goes, they go to the chiropractor, I'm now in New Orleans, and uh, the chiropractor says to, uh, to Heather, well, I can't do an adjustment on her today. I think she has scoliosis, and she needs to go to the children's hospital right away. And so we thought, you know, so I started getting phone calls of my daughter's been told she has scoliosis. What on earth does that mean? And um, so they, they call, and like miracle after miracle after miracle, and they were able to get in that same day within hours to get a scan the doctor that she got assigned to was the head of pediatrics at Children's, who's also specialty is uh, pediatric scoliosis, all the things. Um, out of the, out in the entire state of Ohio, there's four um, pediatric um, physical therapists that specialize in this particular type of physical therapy, and they're all at Akron Children's. And um, all the things, you know, we're, we're hearing all the things. And the, you know, the report comes back, the x-ray, the MRI or whatever comes back and shows the, the scoliosis in our spine. And so we just said, this is, this is the natural. This is what the doctors say. But that's not what Jesus says. 
Jesus says she's healed. Jesus says this isn't going to affect her life. She's healed. She's going to continue doing and greater than what she's doing right now. This is, this is only going to ex expand and increase and excel her into greater things. This isn't going to stop her. This is, going to do, this is what the devil meant for harm. God's intended it for her good. She's healed. Good things are coming out of this. Greater things are coming out of this. God's going to move in this. And so we've just been saying that. We've done, you know, communion, pray over her, all the things. And we're just watching God work miracle after miracle after miracle in her body. So it doesn't mean that the reality of what you see in the natural doesn't mean the reality of, of that, those things isn't real. But when you look at those things... You take authority over it. As for me and my house, my daughter, my child is healed in Jesus' name. You're going to walk, and we talk about healing. And her school project was about how Jesus is healing her. And all the things, we're going to talk about how Jesus is our healer. How Jesus is working. We're not going to talk about how discouraged. We're not, does it mean that those conversations don't come up and we acknowledge what we feel in the moment. Sure, we had some real heart-to-heart -heart conversations, and every, every now and then we still have to. You know, Daddy wishes I could fix you. Daddy's job is to protect you and to keep you safe. And, to, and I wish I could just fix it. I wish I could just make it go away. I can't. But I have faith in one who can. I can't, but I have faith in one who can. And so that's what, that's, it's knowing. Now, I haven't even gotten to the scripture yet. So that, well, that was just introduction. Is this helping anybody this morning? So, so that I don't feel bad because I didn't preach point one, I'm going to at least give you, <laughs> I feel like I need to at least give you that. Now faith is, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you look at the word now, you have to consider what precedes in Hebrews chapter 10. Now is a conjunction word. It's bringing what preceded in chapter 10. A lot of times when we read scripture... We can easily take it out of context. But if you go back through and you read Hebrews chapter 10 verse, uh, well, you have to go back all the way through 10 and you actually have to go back through 9. And you have to understand the whole context of Hebrews, right, to really dig into this. And I would encourage you to do that, to really dig in and study Hebrews and what is being taught in Hebrews, and it'll help you understand faith in a, in a greater capacity. But for our purposes, I'm going to go back to verse 16. I mean, I, again, I could keep going back and keep digging in, but for the sake of time and not making this a year-long sermon series, I'm, I'm going to just go back to verse 16 that says, This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their heart, and I will write them on their minds. So he begins and he says, this is the covenant that I am making with them. So if we want to anchor somewhere, there is a covenant that God has made with you and I, and faith 
the ability to have understand the substance and the conviction that Hebrews 11.1 1 talks about, which we'll get to, but to get to the understanding of substance or the evidence of things, the conviction of things, in order to understand that, we have to understand that God has made a covenant with you and I. There is a, there is a covenant that, that faith operates in alignment with. If you keep reading in Hebrews chapter 10 and understanding this, in Hebrews 10, 32, I'll skip down to uh, verse 32 through 39. It says, but recall the former days when uh, former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. Sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Let me pause right there. That doesn't sound like the faith message we hear today. <laughs> the faith message we hear today is, oh, the prosperity, you can have your plane, train, and automobile, and whatever wishful thinking idea. That's not what Hebrews 10 is. He says, you endured the hardship. You were, you were facing affliction. Your property was stolen. You were put in prison. You had compassion on those who were with you in prison. You, you were in suffering and reproach and affliction. Sign me up for that. Right? But it says, but you knew. Verse 34. Since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession an abiding one. You know, there's a knowing, faith is a knowing that no matter what you're facing in this life, whether persecution or suffering or reproach or imprisonment or whatever it is that you're going through for the gospel's sake, there is this knowing on the inside of you that there is something greater than just what you're seeing in the natural. That, that the imprisonment is leading to someone else's deliverance. That the stealing of your property and the brokenness, whatever it is that you're going through or facing. We, didn't, we wouldn't need faith if everything was perfect. We wouldn't need faith if God was living here amongst us. But we have faith because we need to see what God is doing and saying in the unseen world around us. If you keep reading in uh, chapter 10 and verse 36, it says, You have need of endurance. You have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is. So we are told clearly in Hebrews 10 that we are to be people of faith, that the righteous shall live by faith. From Habakkuk 2.4, my righteous shall live by faith. It's echoed again in Romans 1.17 that the just shall live by by faith. You and I are under a covenant of faith. 
We operate in a covenant of faith. Here's what the Bible tells us about this covenant of faith that you and I are part of. The Bible says that it is given, it's written, it's inscribed upon our hearts. Ezekiel 36 says that he gives us a new heart and a new spirit. And he removes this heart of stone. Jeremiah, he writes his law on our heart. So written on your heart today, if you're born again, written on your heart Here's what happens when you get born again. Let me zoom out. Here's what happens. You're given a new heart and a new spirit. Your heart, your desires, it's the soul of a man. The heart, the will, the desires, the emotions are bound, carnally bound. Desiring carnal things, wanting carnal things, having carnal emotions that glorify the flesh. But when you're born again, you are given a heart that's inflamed, it's enlivened for the things of God. You now have the ability to have passions and desires for the things of God that you never would have had before. If, you, if you're here this morning and you say, I've never, you know, I don't really have a desire for the things of God. I really don't have a passion for the things of God. If you were to, if you were to evaluate your heart, you don't ever have a passion for the things of God. Your heart hasn't been changed. One of the ways you know that you know that you know that you're born again is that your heart has a passion and a desire for the things of the Lord. It's impossible, amen, it's impossible to desire the things of God without the work of redemption. It's impossible. But when you and I are redeemed, our heart and our spirit is changed. It's transformed. Our understanding is transformed. Our desires are transformed. Our emotions are transformed. And all of a sudden, we begin to have desires and emotions and passions and things for God that never existed before. And you say, well, you know, I see that. Maybe some of you here today say, I see that. But that's not, the, that's not usual. I usually operate according to the carnal side and not the God side. Well, you've created a lifestyle around still listening to that old man, the old way. But inside of you, you now have the capability given to you by God to embrace a whole nother world. So where are you going to live? What dog are you going to feed? If you put the dog the old way, if you crucify that old self daily, that's living by faith, crucifying that old self, living by faith, you're going to start seeing that new man come more alive. But your new man, for some of you, your new man, your spiritual man, looks emaciated like you've been on COVID treatment for a couple years. Your, your, your new man's hooked up to a ventilator, <laughs> hooked up to a ventilator, can't breathe, can't survive without the oxygen and being injected with all the stuff. You come into church, hook me up, pastor, pray for me, pastor, revive me, pastor, give me CPR, pastor. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. Don't get mad. Bye, glad. Right? But if you start living by faith, 
You see, what you're doing is you're engaging your new heart and your new spirit. You have the law of God, not written on the wall, not written on stone tablets, written on your heart. You've become the law of God. He's creating in you His law. Not that you are His law, but He's creating in you His law. He's renewing you and changing you and sanctifying you and making you. That's what Paul told us, is that you are being made into that image, that law. The new nature. Amen. So the covenant is bestowed on our hearts. It's inscribed by the very hand of God. Just as the fingers on Mount Sinai came down and etched into that stone, the finger of God has stepped into your heart, written line for line, precept for precept on your heart. The covenant of God cannot be broken. you got to understand these. I'm going to give you these four quick things and I'll wrap it up. One is that the, the covenant of God is written on your heart. Number two, it cannot be broken. God said in Psalm 89, 34, My covenant will, I will not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. God will not alter His covenant with you. He, will not, he, can't, he won't. He's not a liar. If He said that He will redeem, He'll redeem. If He said He's peace, He's peace. If He said He's joy, He's joy. He's holy. He's set apart. There's none like Him. He's perfect in all of His. And that's not changing. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. It's not changing. He cannot alter. You lie. You lie. You tell fibs. You exaggerate the truth. You're deceptive. You're manipulative. God is not. Say, Pastor, you offended me. Good. Because you lie and you manipulate. You're deceptive. And what you're going to do is you're going to stop living that life. You're going to live the life according to the covenant of the law of God written on your heart. You've been liberated. I'll get to this. I'll I'll pause there because I'm going to keep going. I want you to understand his covenant. He will not change. In your carnal nature. You want to go back and rewrite some clause. Lord, I, I like that clause, but I don't like that. I like that I'm healed. But this obedience thing, I'm not sure about. God says, my covenant, I will not break. God is a covenant God. If you can understand the covenant of God, you can step into all of the blessings and possibilities that are available to you in Scripture. You just have to understand what God has said. He's faithful. He's not going to lie. He's not going to lie. You say, well, I come into church and I see other people get liberated. I see other people get set free. Why am I not? Why is that not happening for me? My covenant, I will not break. You have to understand that what God has said, He's faithful to do. He's full of faith. You know, that, that's a, God is full of assurance of Himself. He's not cocky, but he's full of assurance that he is fully able and capable to do exactly what he said he'll do. He's full of faith. He is the reality of faith. He's full of faith. He has absolute assurance in himself and his own ability. I walk into a situation, I don't know how to handle this. God has 100% assurance he's capable. 
Third, the covenant of God transforms who we are. We, we can't do it on our own. We can't change our nature. We can't change our old identity. We can't change how we operate. But when God begins to write on our heart, He changes our nature. Ezekiel 36, I'll give you a new heart, a new spirit. I'll remove the heart of stone. I'll remove that old stony heart. If, you're, if you have a stony heart today, if your heart's grown cold to the things of the Lord, He'll remove the stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. He'll change and transform your DNA. You might find here today that you like drugs more than you like His presence. You like relationships more than you like Him. Come on now, don't chime it down. I'm going to tell you the truth. You all get quiet up in here. You find that you like something more than Him. Welcome to reality. That is your carnal self. Stop ignoring it. See, what we, what we try to do as Christians, am I bothering you? What we try to do as Christians is we like to cover that up. That's not really who I am. I'm saved by grace. I am saved by grace. Yes, you are saved by grace. But you are still being transformed every day. <coughs> you is not perfect. You are being changed every day. And so you've got to learn every day. I'm walking by faith. I'm being changed. That new, he's working that nature in me. And when you see that old ugly self and that old ugly carnal self come up and say, no, that's not what I want. That's not how I'm living. You've got to tell yourself, that's not how I'm living. <coughs> I'm crucifying that. That gets crucified. That's not how I'm living. Faith means that you're familiar with the altar of sacrifice. Faith means that you have to get real familiar with what you got to burn, lay on the altar. And it means, yeah, you get to see the, the life that comes out of that. But you have to embrace the death of the old in order to see the new. You've got to embrace letting go of the old so that you can see the new and what God's wanting to do. Faith looks at the, at the situation and says, yeah, this is hard, this is difficult, this situation, whatever it is I'm facing, but God's working a miracle on this. Not just wishful thinking, not just belief. I know that God's working in this. I know that God's doing X, Y, Z in this. He's bringing breakthrough. He's bringing victory. Because that's who he is. That's what he does. That's what he's promised. Is this helping you this morning? Last thing about the covenant, and we'll wrap up. Number four, the co his covenant makes us his own. His covenant. Here's what Jeremiah 31, 33. Worship team, y'all can come back. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write, you notice the theme here? I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. I will be their God, and they will be my people. I will be their God, and they will be my people. God 
makes us his own. That's his covenant. So when we operate in faith, everyone look this way. When you operate in faith, the foundation of faith, the foundation of that, you know you're his. He's changing your nature. So if you're in bondage to something, faith tells you that by the mere covenant alone, he wants to change and transform my nature. If you're dealing with sickness, the covenant tells you that's not the nature that God has for you. You're to be healthy and whole and healed. Come on now. That the promise of God for your life is health. The promise of God for your life is peace of mind and security of your mind. That's the promise of God for your life. That's part of the covenant. Part of the covenant is also that you're His. And you might be here this morning, and you might be unsure if you're His. That's part of what God does in our lives as He makes it known. It's not hidden. He doesn't want you to second guess. He doesn't want it to be hidden. Am I, am I, in, am I His? Am I His? Am I His child? It is known. The foundation of our faith, the very core, the very essence of our faith is redemption. What I'm describing to you this morning, the covenant of God that he makes with you and I is redemption. What I've described to you this morning is redemption itself, that he writes his law on our heart. He changes our nature. And he assures us that we are his. That is the foundation of faith. So we've gotten through the word now in Hebrews 11.1. <laughs> we'll come back to it next week. But that now, because of faith, this covenant that God makes, What's God said over your life? What has God said over your family? What has he said over your life? What has he said over your future? Who is he? Who is this king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty? Who is he to you? Who is he to you? Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the King of glory might come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Who is he to you? His covenant he will not break. You can have faith because he's promised. stand with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. A life of faith. A life of faith. Hallelujah. Why don't you just lift your hands across this place. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that You'll do everything that you said you would do through this series over the next few weeks. Lord, transforming families, 
changing, changing families, changing situations, changing hearts. Can I say one more thing about that? Sometimes when we say, the Lord changed my family, changed my situation, we have an idea of what, what that looks like. <laughs> we have the mechanics already worked out for the Lord. If you're going to change my family, then it needs to do A, B, C, D. That is not faith. Faith, remember, faith is filling the water pot. Like at the wedding of Canaan where Jesus said, fill up the pots with water. That's faith. Faith is not you telling God how to do his job. Faith is you responding to what he's already said. Faith says, this is what God says, so this is what I'm going to do. He said, lay hands on the sick, they'll be healed. So I'm going to lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. Is that what he said? That's what he said, didn't he? says, for you and, my, you and your household, you'll be saved. That's what he said, right? Every spiritual blessing has been made available to you. Is that what he said? And guess what's available? How do you receive it? By faith. I think you're getting this. But you can't dictate to him how to do it. My friend Lisa, you can't go speak to that mountain tell God how to move it. You got to let him do it. You can speak all day long to the mountain, but you got to let God move it. He's the miracle worker, not you. Can I, I feel like I need to pause there too. Holy Spirit, are you going to, you got to blame him. If you're mad, you can blame him. can here and say, you're not responsible to make the miracles happen. You're not responsible to make miracles happen, to make the impossible happen. I can't make the impossible happen more than I can stand out there and tell the tree to grow. It's going to grow. And it may die if I tell it to grow. I don't know. I don't have a green thumb. I, I'm not responsible for making miracles happen. What I'm responsible for is to have faith. All things are possible to him who has faith. You have to have faith. Faith opens the door to the impossible. The impossible is already happening. God's already doing the miracles. Right now, let me let me let me do this. I'll help you. I want to help. I'm like, Can I help? I want you to just close your eyes and say say within yourself. You don't even have to verbalize it. I just want you to say within yourself, Jesus, you're with me right now. Just in your heart, Jesus, you're with me. In your heart, Jesus, you're with me right now. Recognize him right now. You're with me. Come on, do it. Be obedient. 
you can't be obedient to your pastor. You will never be obedient to God. Just do it. God, you're with me right now. Yep, there you go. Now what just happened is you did that. Did you notice by faith you started to see something a little bit different? Even just slightly in that moment, you recognized his presence. The woman with the issue of blood, she said within herself, if I could just grab hold, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. She said in her heart there was a desire, there was a reality of faith being illuminated in her heart. I know faith on the inside of her said, I know if I grab hold of his garment, I'll be made whole. Faith. You don't have to always vocalize it. Just recognize, just even in the moment, verbalizing is good, but you may not always be in a situation where you can verbalize it. Just in the moment. I know. I know if I can just get a hold.